welcome, welcome for those who are here. Uh, we are live our part two of the um, seasonal depression depression. Um, yeah, so um, I hope everyone's doing good. So I guess, Darian, you go first. How are you feeling? How's your week? Um, you know, I'm feeling like trash. <laughs> and not even because of the reason you might think. Not even because of my depression or anything like that. You know, I've been going through a lot of issues with my um, intestines for the past couple of weeks now. And mm. I just went and saw um, an unrelated doctor a couple days ago. And he looked over my scans and all my information going on. And he told me that uh, when I get checked out, they're obviously going to do like a colonoscopy. And they're probably going to either diagnose me with Crohn's disease or with ulcerative colitis. And, you know, that's just like a lot to deal with. So just a forewarning to anybody in here, if you see me get up and run away, it is because I have to go to the bathroom because I cannot control anything right now. And it is very, very bad and unfortunate. So I apologize if I leave. I will make sure to mute myself and I will still be able to hear everything that is going on. But I will be out of commission for like five or so minutes. Uh, all right. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I mean, I'm not awesome that bad. I mean, it's just um, <laughs> awesome as it, yeah, I get it with the bathroom. Hey, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, um, but, I'm, but I'm good. Yeah, I did. I did have one thing that I wanted to have an opening statement on based on, you know, the topic and whatnot, you know, because something came to me today. I did have something that I did earlier today that was, you know, very um, eye opening and a very positive thing in my life. You know, a couple about a year and a half ago for a little while, I was living with a good friend of mine. Her name uh, shall be remain unknown. Um, and her and I were both going through like the worst time in our lives at that point in time. And we were living in a very small apartment with four people and it was hell. It was not fun. And, uh, you know, we went through a lot of grief with one another. You know, I was an alcoholic abusing alcohol very regularly, you know, didn't really do much towards helping out as much as I could have. And today, well, a couple of days ago, she messaged me and said she was moving to North Carolina and she uh, she told me if you wanted to, if we wanted to get together so that way we could all, so we could like talk and discuss things. And, you know, because that situation with her as a friend was weighing on me because, you know, I thought that I had done something wrong and she thought she did something wrong. And that was something that was causing a little bit of depression to me because she was a really good friend of mine. She stuck her neck out for me. She was there for me. She took care of me when I really, really needed it. And. For us to be able to get together like we did and be able to rectify that and realize that we did not feel that way towards one another whatsoever is just a big misunderstanding really like uh, made me feel a little bit whole again to know that, you know, she's going down there safely and that I have my friend back and hopefully we can get uh, our friendship rolling again. And I think that's something mm, that a lot okay. of us have to deal with in you know, the mental health aspect of the world yes. is sometimes things can get misconstrued because our brains tell us these certain things that just aren't true or aren't really happening. And it can cause a lot of different issues for us. And I think that once we're able to work on that and understand it a little bit better, then we'd be able to work through our problems um, a little bit more, you know, because my anxiety was constantly telling me, wow, I did something wrong. I fucked her over. Like, what did I do though? Like, you know, it wasn't an upfront mm. thing. You know, it turns out that there wasn't really anything that either of us did. We just misread each other's signals and 
that's what led to us not talking for over a year now. Um, but, you know, I think that's just like the thing with, you know, our brains. You know, I think, Andy, you posted it on your story a couple months or about a month ago or so, the Jim Carrey clip of him saying people. Uh, it's like our brain. Yeah, us, I don't want to be depressed. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that that can cause us to, you know, really really just overthink situations in a way that is just super unhealthy and just not good for anybody. So I think once we're able to understand that a little bit better and work on that a little bit more, then things get better over time. So I get you. I get you. And I do have somebody on the queue. So I just want to make sure everybody said their piece before I let people in. Um, Drill the sunflower poet, I got you. Yeah, so let me bring Florence in and um oh wait, actually hold on. So let me invite Florence. Mr. Prolific Poet. What's going on, my friend? Alright, so um so I'm gonna see what alright, so Flor I'm gonna have Florence say yeah. what she has to say quick and then I'm gonna bring in the first person because I have somebody on the queue and I wanna make sure she gets um Drea. I'm gonna have make sure she gets a chance to say what she gotta say. And you are black on my end. I don't see Florence, but I oh hear you. God. It's okay, just... That's about right. My, my phone's being all fucky today. Um, yeah, one of the things that I wanted to say, because like, I see this concept pop up a lot with people, is they think that you know, trauma and depression is kind of like a competition, um, where you know it's like, well, I've been through this, so I've had it worse than you, so you shouldn't be, you know, feeling this type of way or something like that. So one of the main points that I wanted to bring up with this is that all trauma is valid. What you have been through happened to you, you know? So it doesn't matter that something worse happened to somebody else or something, you know, not as bad for you happened to somebody else. That's not the point. The point is, is how it affected you. And we really shouldn't be, like, comparing traumas, like, in a competition sense. Because I see it all over the place in the poetry community. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, we've all been through shit. And there is no, there's nothing really else to do but to be there for each other. Rather than trying to bring someone else down or feel like, you know, well, I've been, I've been through worse than you. That, that's not what's important. What's important is being there for each other. And that's why I'm really glad that we're doing this. You know, so we live. Oh, she's, oh, she's circling. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Damn, because you want to something. Yeah, you're, you're. Mm. Yeah, Florence, I'm sorry. You sound like you sound like Super Nintendo. Fuck I'm immediate. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like, like a robot, Florence. Yeah. Uh why is Instagram acting up? This happened at the JC poetry thing too. Like they Alright, so uh, all right, I'm gonna bring the I'm gonna bring the first person in while we wait for Florence. Ugh, this sucks ass. Yeah, this sounds like fast forwarding. So I'm gonna bring Drea, the sunflower poet, in while, and then Florence can go back to her point when she pops in. But um, come here. 
Oh, okay. So I'll add Dalton instead too. Okay. Um. Hello, hello. How are you? Welcome, welcome. Hey, I'm good. First time on this platform, but I do see. Welcome. I, I do follow you, Andy, and the things that y'all doing. So I appreciate it. Welcome, 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 welcome. Well, so how are you today? I'm doing better. Um. I think um I think that poetry already helps me to release a lot of it, but um a lot of reading and, and gaining knowledge about how uh how my mind and body works is also what helps me too. So I'm reading this book called Body Aware and it's talking about your mind connection and all that stuff. I'm a big book reader, so mm, okay. Well so, yeah, tell me a little bit about the book though, I'm interested. Okay. Well, I mean, I just started reading it, but it pretty much gives you an indication of like, when we think about body movement, we think about exercise immediately versus being self-aware of like, just, you know, your heart beating, cells in your body, the way you blink, like just basic stuff. Like you, you, you think your mind controls, your mind controls a lot of things, but you know, your mind and your body are connected. And so um, sometimes we take that for granted. And so for me, it's just like, you know, where does it hurt? You know, it was some. It's a, few, it's a few exercises that they put in there where it's just like, you know, how does your body feel? What part of your body feels anxiety? You know, doing body scans, sort of the meditation aspect, um, things that I've already been kind of doing, but it's helpful. Awesome, awesome. Um, you have anything you want to add on to that, um, Darian? Um. Oh, sorry. Excuse me. I apologize. Um, it sounds like you're practicing a lot of mindfulness, uh, mm -hmm. which is, you know, something that I, I learned a lot about when I was in rehab earlier in the year in January. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I think that's something everybody should really start to practice. And I think that that's something that could benefit everybody, you know, from, from addicts, from people who suffer with mental health issues. You know, it's just, it's something that has really benefited me in the long run, uh, to become a more stable person in my life. So I think that's beautiful. You know, I'm not much of a reader. Um, I do read, but I, I tend to enjoy reading um, more um, like clinical studies based on different subjects like sociology and politics and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but reading is knowledge and knowledge is power. And I think that that could be something that could really, really benefit people in the long run. And also just having like a hobby such as reading is super healthy for you. So mm -hmm. I think in the long run, people who suffer with mental health issues, especially depression, could find a massive solace in reading. So I think that's awesome. For sure. Practicing meditation. Meditation is, I am a big advocate for meditation. It has changed my life so much. So absolutely take that up, man. That's yeah. awesome. I, yeah, I absolutely. Uh, the the, the, the self-awareness and uh, the habits. And I think I read, I think I read more about the, like, cause I have anxiety and depression and so it, and PTSD. And so the more I learn to educate myself, the more that I'm self-aware of a my lot God. of the things that I'm doing. So, mm, so it's so it's okay. So that that's interesting. I like that you brought that up because, see, I don't know for sure if I have PTSD or not. But even though there are things that trigger me for me to react, and maybe, maybe I think that I think my question is maybe because maybe maybe I need a little better understanding on that. So with the PTSD. The, how does the depression and the anxiety trigger all that? Like, can you kind of like, how does that look like for you? I mean, it's 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 its own separation, but environments it's triggered by different environments and situations. Like, 
for me, PT, the PTSD comes from certain events, things that have happened to me. And so, you know, it could be something that somebody does or says or things that I hear that like kind of, I won't say set me off, but that create like an episode, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but okay. like it doesn't, but the depression doesn't, like the depression doesn't come with that. Like, I mean, it could depending on how my response is after that. But um, I feel like that they're attached to all like three separate things uh, just by nature what the situation is. You know, my anxiety I know comes in, you know, in different different waves or, um, you know, it could be test taking. It could be, uh, I don't know, just different things that I know make me make me afraid. Like, and then the depression is just like, I mean, it's, it's hit or miss, to be honest. I don't know what makes me feel sad sometimes. I just do. And so I just react. So, okay. So according to the situation, just, okay, got you, got you. Um, anything you, you guys want to add on, Florence and Dalton? No, I mean, I, I completely can never hear me, by the way. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Also, yeah. we did figure out one thing. We thought that our screen was black. Turns out we just had the camera facing the wrong way. Um, no, like, and that's part of the thing, too, is, like, especially with depression cause, and anxiety, because I, I struggle with anxiety myself um, and depression as well, is you never know when the next onslaught is going to come. You never know what it is that's causing it. I mean, you could be in full, full-fledged panic attack, full-fledged, you know, manic depression episode, and you have no idea what's causing it, you know, and that's, that's why it's so important to talk about this kind of stuff. Cause like, I feel you on that. I never know when it's going to happen or why it's happening. It just well, happens and then it kicks your ass and yep. yep. It, the whole day is trash after that. So yeah, um, true that. <laughs> Especially if you have a if you have a good enough panic attack, you know. Sometimes when I have a bad enough panic attack, it could take hours and hours for my body to recover fully, for me to be able to feel normal again and be able mm -hmm. to process life normally again and be able to, yeah. you know, go on with things how I, you know, should be able to. You know, mm -hmm. something that I actually read um, recently in um, where did I read it? I forget. It was like a National Health Institute article that came out like a year ago or so or like two years ago. And this isn't to correct anybody. This is just something that I found very nice. And I found it heartwarming for people that suffer from PTSD is it turns out that I don't know how applicable it is for other uh, doctors to be doing this yet. But I've read that quite a few doctors are only classifying it as PTS now, because they're not considering it a disorder at this point in time, because they consider it a natural mm. response to excessive amounts of trauma that is going on in somebody's life. And I think that that's actually kind of cool because I think that's more of a normalization of, hey, we're human yeah. beings. And when we experience traumatic events yeah. that are bad enough, this is how a human will naturally react to that. It's not a disorder. Yeah. This is just yeah. how things process in our bodies, you know. And I think that's cool. You know, I personally don't suffer from it. Um, the only diagnoses that I've ever been given is uh, bipolar disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. Um, and I did suffer from agoraphobia for a while. And um, I don't think people realize how crippling these things can be for people. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when you have multiple diagnoses that are stacking on top of one another and they're all playing the same game against you like all day long, every day of your life, it can be something that's very, very difficult for people to process because it's trying to match up your symptoms with what's going on around you to be able to find out what the trigger is or what's causing this or that and how to properly go about your life being able to monitor yourself enough to know that something's out of whack and i need to work on it 
or that I need to remove certain things from my life to be able to, you know, live more comfortably without, you know, being a recluse, I guess. Yeah. Because it's not plausible enough to just hide yourself in a room all the time to keep yourself from dealing with certain issues. Mm. And that could be easier said than done for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people, like I think we said it last week, everybody experiences trauma differently. You know, an event that doesn't affect me at all could leave Andy in a hospital or something. You know, like that's just that's how true. we process things. Everybody is so different in this world. And, you know, that's why, like I said last week, I'm just such a strong advocate for these services to just be free for people. Because I feel like as soon as people can get a grasp on what's actually going on with their body and, you know, how it's affecting them, why it's affecting them this way, and get the help that they need, it could just change everything for somebody. Everything. Like, seriously, drastically. And people don't even realize how much just therapy could change somebody's life. Like, yeah, and I get that because I've gone to therapy now recently. Oopsie, sorry. Well, I see you fine. Yeah, you're good. There's, there's a bit of a lag. Unless you do something else. The actual stream. And oh, okay, I see. Because I, I have the thing up on my phone to see, so like, there's a lag that's going on. And oh. I saw Darren still talking. I was like, wait a second. Um, <laughs> Yeah, like I, I have uh, PTSD. I'm diagnosed with uh, PTSD, unfortunately, and it's not from because it, it's 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 a weird diagnosis because you can have PTSD from so many things in your life. It's not just equated to one specific trauma. I personally have had many traumas in my life, and there are many triggers for my PTSD that could throw me into a full panic attack, full like bodily shutdown. Um, you know. Uh, one time last year, I had a full PTSD panic attack, and I ended up throwing up and just going into a state of shock with my body. And in that moment, I wasn't fully aware of where I was, who I was talking to, what was going on in my surroundings. And it's why it's so detrimental to people because, you know, it, it's people don't even realize that they have PTSD until something triggers you. And it could be something like a smell. You know, and, and it's it's one of the things people are like, oh, like, you know, you can't always control everything. And, and you can't because that's one of the bigger things with PTSD, anxiety, depression, is you don't know what's going to trigger you. I mean, I had a face mask for, for folks. Like, I had a face mask that I had to throw out because it smelled too much hot tub. Just like an underlying tone of it smelled like hot tub water, which is a very big trigger for me with... um. Uh, a situation that happened to me in my past and I had to throw it out and it was like full, full up and oh. it completely triggered me. I have triggers with showers and water in general. Um, it's the little things, you know, just a smell that hits you, a sight, uh, little things can send you into a full blown uh, PTSD panic attack. And when someone doesn't know that and they kind of look at you different after and it's really important to remember that we are people. We have experienced crap. Yeah. Be kind to other people. If you see someone going through a panic attack, it might not look like what you expect a panic attack to look like. Sometimes it's just, you know, you can't tell. And I think that's really important. Just be kind. You know, you don't know what someone's going Amen. through and anything. And you don't even know it. And it's up to you as the person who is experiencing 
these panic attacks and these triggers to take care of your own triggers, take care of your own mental health, because we cannot control the world around. We had a conversation about this recently, too. We can't control the world around us. We can't take away every single trigger out there. We can just try to work on ourselves with therapy, with, you know, our own mindfulness, just working through it. And it's tough. It is really hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. You know what it is? I, I get mad when people say, oh, come on, I get over it. It's not a big deal. And people don't understand that depression is not something you can just shut off like a like I said it last week, like a bedroom light. Okay, turn it off, turn it on, whatever you want. It doesn't work like that. And, you know, depression is not like feeling sad. No, it's, it's, it's a deeper issue than that, that a lot of people don't talk about. And I think that's what it is, too. I think when you have people who are insensitive to or just very oblivious to what mental health really is, it, it just becomes that kind of a problem. It makes them feel more like shit because you put someone down like that. You know, and it, it, it sucks, you know. And you were saying something earlier, Florence, before you got cut off earlier, how people try to compare traumas yeah traumas it's like, can't I, I don't get that i i see it happen a lot because like there's a difference in when all called trauma dumping when you meet someone or you're like with your friends and you just start going yeah like i went through this oh yeah i went through this like you know like you just start bouncing off of each other like sharing your stories that's different that's just trauma dumping with your friends it's just supposed to be like i just want to tell you this stuff so you understand more about me but then other times you'll get into a conversation with someone and it's always you know oh you went through that well here's something that happened to me that's worse than because obviously what I've gone through is worse than you. And that's not how trauma works. You know, like I was saying before, I went all robot voice is trauma cannot be compared. What you go through is what you go through. It debilitates everyone differently. You know, so what you might survive, I might not. What I might survive, you might not. And it's 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 so hard when someone thinks that, oh, well, I can't feel this because you went through worse or I can't feel this. That's not, you feel what you feel and your feelings are completely valid. However you need to feel your feelings is severely valid. It is your experience, your life, your trauma. It fucked you up, not the other person across the room from you, you know? And that's why I'm really glad that we're doing this because this isn't a competition. This isn't a, you know, oh, I know that you went through that, but like, let me tell you what I went through because of what I went through was worse. No, we share what we went through as a way to be like, Hey, I sympathize with you because I went through this and this hurt me. And it might be different than what you went through, but I see you as a person who went through shit and is still here. And that's why I love what we're doing because it, I feel like it's really important. And like you and I have talked about before, Andy and Derry and every, sorry, everyone in, in, you know, this kind of space is we as poets, we as writers, we all talk in our words, our writings, what we went through. You know, we, we put it behind pretty words and metaphors and all kinds of stuff. But when do we ever sit down and talk in a safe space about what we went through, what caused these poems that everyone loves so much, what caused what happened? You know, you'll go to an open mic and hear a great story, hear a great poem, and you'll be like, well, I really feel that one because I went through something similar but we're not talking about what we went through. We're not being there in the same way. You know what I mean?
important to do. Yeah. No, no, I'm, I'm to ready to comment. Diggs want to speak to me. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Oh, amen, amen. Um, yeah, so, um, Drea, um, anything you want to add to that as well? Drea. Drea, okay, got you. So, yeah, but, um, no, I'm, 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 man, y'all hitting on everything tonight. Uh, I, I couldn't really add more to that except that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a lot of these pieces we write come from, come from, uh, it's a different way for us to express our, our trauma and all the shit we experienced in our life uh, in sort of a, a way that's not too judging, right? Like we, you know, in, in a room, in rooms that is acceptable, um, that's outside of a therapy space. And so, um, you know, for me, art became the therapy that my therapist recommended mm. to me. I was journaling, then I got to poetry, the journal became poems, poems became the spoken word, and then you know, next thing you know, I'm just telling everybody all the shit I experienced in my life. And, you know, meanwhile, the people that are close to me, I'm like, oh, I didn't know. I'm just, I'm not sorry, I guess. <laughs> you, right. know? you should never be sorry, ever. Never apologize I just for that, want ever. you to judge me, so. You know, I just really want you to see me different. Word. And, and I wanted to ask you, so, like, what moment in time, like when you wrote your first piece on a paper, as far as like your feelings and how did it come? Like, how did that look like for you when it first happened? Um, I think I felt like, um, I think it was, it was probably the most vulnerable. It was like the most vulnerable, even a mirror could not show me. Um, mm. like, I don't think I've, I've written to that degree. Um, or been truly honest with myself in that way. So um, I definitely, you know, I thought I knew truth. I thought I knew a lot of things or knew about myself in that way, but I, I didn't, or I didn't want to admit that or be honest with myself and like really be like, okay, this is mm. this is how things are. I mean, it's the same with, you know, when I got, when I was, you know, diagnosed with, with all the conditions I had, I mean, I, I didn't want to do it. Like I didn't want to, hear the therapist say that i didn't want to take the medication i didn't want to do any of that shit because then that would mean it's truth so mm. you know obviously denial then get to acceptance wow wow i wow and i think that's part of it too right like the denial part like i, I think about my mother who like once my father passed away she was still, she was in denial of the whole thing, even when he was, oh, no, he's going to get better. Watch, right? And I think you touched on it last week, Darian, when you talk about, because we're both Puerto Ricans, right? So we point to that Puerto Rican culture, like, you that know, tradition and everything, like, right? And when my father was at his most vulnerable is my mom was so in denial, like, very prideful. Oh, no, he's going to get better. Stop. Like, stop acting. And I'm like, Mom, you know, we got to have this conversation because she didn't want to have the conversation. And, of course, you know, like, like that's one of the few times that I ever saw my father so scared in his life. I can tell you he hugged my mom maybe 20, 30 times when he was still able to stand up. Like, I've never seen that side because my father was always the macho man, you know, all that shit. And it was just, like, that pride that, no, like, I, men don't cry. But it's, like, 
the only time I seen him quite depressed was when the anniversary of his mother used to come around and he would get drunk and just that's just how he was. But then the next day he would act like nothing happened. Yeah. And this is years, years, and years of seeing that. And I think one thing my dad never understood is the fact that he didn't realize what, how that affected us as children. We don't know. We didn't understand so many things. You know what I'm saying? So it's like at the same time, it's, it's um, you know, because like how you behave, it does affect the people around you. You know what I'm saying? So it's, um, and it's hard because when you don't know what you're going through yourself, it's hard to you to be your authentic self because you're dealing with the mental health stuff. Um, and it's like, I understand my father better now, even though he passed away and everything. And now that I have a kid, I say, like, okay, now I understand the mental health stuff that my dad never addressed this. So I think with me and my wife, we communicate about that. My parents didn't even have a conversation of that. So, cause that's just how it was with them. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, my mother was schizophrenic, um, rest her soul, she's deceased, but um, that was always, I, I, you know, it wasn't, you didn't say that word. Like, you talked about the behavior, mm, you, didn't, yeah. you didn't say that word. Like, you just knew, you know, she was the crazy one in the family or whatever. Like, it just, you know what I'm saying, manic, manic depressant, schizophrenic, she had a lot of things, so... Um, and it was like trying to fight against generational, like things passing on from one generation to the next. And so for me, that was always the biggest fear is being that being that person, like feeling the isolation from family um, because they not understanding like how the behavior works. And, so, and I'm, yeah. I'm schizophrenic myself. So I completely understand that isolation. And I understand what that's like because you hear schizophrenic and everyone, you know, always pictures the crazy person running around chasing someone with a knife. And that's like the biggest misconception that gets construed and like thrown yeah. around when in mm -hmm. reality, like I have multiple hallucinations a day. Sometimes they're auditory, sometimes they're visual, sometimes they're like uh, textural in my skin. Sometimes I, uh, I, I suffer from something called a uh, catatonia uh, where it's more of a dissociative kind of state, I would describe it as, where my I, I basically shut down and I'm just not there. I'm not responding. I can't really see anything at the moment. I can't, I'm not even really aware that I'm there. Um, but people have been very quick just to be like, oh, she's crazy because they have schizophrenia. They're just a crazy person. And it's like, that's not how schizophrenia work, works. Mm. And I know many schizoaffective people because there's there's different layers to it. Yeah. Um, and people just like, oh, like they're just insane. And it's like, no, it is absolutely a huge struggle. And I I can see it from both sides of, you know, someone who struggles with it and you know, seeing someone struggle with it is really hard as well because seeing someone lose that reality that they have, I, I couldn't imagine. So I, I just want to say, you know, I am really, really freaking proud of you. One for everything that you've overcome in your life and everything that you're doing to help yourself and to heal, you know, continue with your art. I mean, absolutely, please. You know, I'm just, I'm really proud of you and the person that you're becoming and the person that you are now. And it's amazing to see. 
And Amen. y'all gonna go send y'all gonna send me off this stage on in in with chopping onions, crying and shit. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I I appreciate y'all. Um, on that note, um, thank you for having me on this platform. I really appreciate it and just allowing me to speak my truth. Thank y'all so much. Absolutely. No, thank, thank you for, for coming on. through. Yes, and I'm gonna say too, like, because I have schizotypal personality disorder, and that even that gets confused a lot with schizoaffective and schizophrenia a lot itself too. And I'm still learning about myself in that yeah. aspect too. So, um, everything you're saying, though, I, I get it. it, resonates with me a lot. Um, I do have one person in the queue. Um, is there, do you have any last words you want to let us know what's going on before we set we bring the next person in? Um. No, not really. I mean, I, I think, I think, I think that note. You know, I came here and I'm just. Gl- it was about poetry, but you know, like y'all said, sometimes it's just about the conversation, and so this is all that I needed. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Thank in. you, and yes, the door's always open. You can always come back anytime you want. Where he, um, this particular show on Rival Conversations every other Friday, and then every other Thursday we have the open mic live poetry as well. So I'm um, always welcome to come through and share your stuff. Um, thank you so much. Right, and um, enjoy the rest of the night. Thank you. Thank you I so know. much. Wow. What a wow. Oh, man. Whew. All right. I'm going to bring the next person in. But um, wow. That was. Um, whew, wow. That was. uh Okay. Um, Hello. Sorry, it's it's like twenty to two in the morning, so I'm not prepared to share my face right now. <laughs> I was really it's prepared, okay. and I came across this live, and I thought, what a beautiful thing. Um, and I've just followed this page now because I wasn't aware of it. Um, mm. but we need these. We need these conversations. We need to because you know until people actually say, look, I'm suffering. Nobody knows, because I walk around when I'm suffering the most with the biggest smile on my face. You don't know, and people assume that you're going to be able to tell, and you really cannot. You really cannot. And what I find really annoying is I can write a dark poem, but I can post it on my page, and I have people then like say, "Are you okay?" And I'm like you don't understand me because like we are all different when when i write those dark pieces i wrote them when i was going through that stuff i'm not in that situation now that's how i'm able to post them when i'm writing like my erotic pieces that's when i'm suffering because i'm trying to switch my mood up i'm trying to put my my mood in a different place nobody gives a damn there nobody's asking me are you okay because they they assume oh you're fine because i'm doing something different and it's like you know, this is the issue is we all we all do things differently. As I said in the comments, two people feeling joy, they're not going to express it in the same way. So two people feeling pain, you know, you could have both gone through the same situation. So you both lost your mum. You're not going to express it in the same way because not everybody has the same connections that you do. And we have to understand everything we go through is personal. And nobody else is going to fully understand you because they're not you. Yeah. 
It is true. They're not going to understand you sometimes, you know, because only you understand your own pain. Like, yeah. I hate when I feel like I have to convince you to understand. Like, can mm -hmm. you just be my friend and then that's it? Like, can you just be there for me instead of just criticizing and telling me to get over it or telling me feel some type of way? And that's the problem with civilization today. It's getting to mm -hmm. that point now that it's like, oh, but it is. What, no, sometimes it's not. It is what it is. It's not fucking yeah. like that. That's that's the yeah. way it is. Yeah not always like that and i'm tired of that it, it's 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 so like because it's not like that i'm sorry it really isn't and i think it's messed up that people have that mentality like oh well you know you could just take medication and get over no you it's not mm -hmm. what if i don't want to take medication what if what yeah. if that's just not for me what if i want to take a vitamin or something what if i just want to just try to process what i'm dealing with you know i yeah. think that's okay but to be ridiculed it, it just it, uh, i just don't understand that mentality i really don't understand it it's crazy yeah and i also feel as well if if somebody feels some type of way their feelings are valid whether you understand it or not they're feeling it so if you're feeling some type of way whether anybody else gets it or not it doesn't matter your feelings are valid so if somebody comes at me and, and they're telling me something even if i can't understand it i've got to be like okay explain it to me you know i'm here like but explain it to me um because i think too often we we sort of like brush people off because we're like i, I don't get that yeah. Well, I don't understand it. And, and the issue is, as I say, we're all human. We're all human, no matter, you know, who, we're all human. But our minds are set up differently. You know, we, we don't all react to things the same way. And we have to have this understanding that just because you feel some type of way doesn't mean somebody else is going to get it. You could both be going through exactly the same thing. But you're not going to handle it the same way. Some people laugh when they're upset because they don't know what they're doing, you know, and, and, and they, they mm -hmm. just laugh hysterically. Then some people will break down in tears. Some people will get angry. Some people will smash things up. And, you know, it's, it's about having this understanding of, okay, be you. Allow those feelings. You know, you, you've got to get that out. And that's one big thing. About, like, I wrote a piece called Calm Down because to me, you should never tell somebody to calm down never ever say those words to somebody because that to me i want to rip your head off when you tell me to calm yeah, down that's i will I, calm I, down in my own out. time but i need to get this bad energy out yeah yeah i hate when people say oh yo 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 chillax like i hate that so bad yeah like i just want to hit yeah you're right i do want to punch someone in the face how dare you how yeah. fucking dare you tell me to calm down Especially when you don't understand. Why don't you take the fucking time to understand what I'm saying, what I'm going through. Again, like I was saying earlier, be my fucking friend. I'm not, I don't want to yeah. hear criticism. Sometimes people just want to be heard and that's it. What about you yeah. hear what I'm saying and I don't want a response? Yeah, and, and, and that's exactly what I was going to say too is, you know, you don't want a response. And I think, and it's something that happens in relationships. And it's something that happens in friendships or just anything in general. There needs to be more communication on something, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes people just want to vent. I want to be able to tell you my problems. I want to be able to tell you what I am feeling. It's for you to try to fix what's going on without my asking you to, which is a really important thing that I try to keep in mind. Like, you know, when I talk to you, Andy or Darian or, or Dalton, um, is I will ask, do you want advice? Because then I know how to go into that kind of scenario. Yeah. So I know, okay, let me 
hear and absorb so I can help you, you know, put myself in your shoes for that moment to see what would I do in that situation if I was you, knowing what I know about you. How would I, what, what could I do to help? Otherwise, you know, it's like you have a long day at work and you just want to vent to your partner. You want to vent to your husband, your wife, whomever. You don't mm-hmm. want them to fix everything that's going on yeah. at work because they can't. You just want to get it out there. So it's really important to have that communication, even just with your friends is, you know, no, I'm not okay. And I would like to talk to try to fix me i don't want you to tell me you know maybe you should talk to your therapist about this or maybe you should just do this or maybe you should just i don't want to hear that i just Mm want to hear you hearing what i'm saying so it's really good to have that communication prior to that or like in the middle or just you know even just being self-aware and asking that question yeah you want me to listen to just listen to let you get it out and be like okay like do you want to get food after or something or do you want me to help you you know, like what level of help do you want? Do you want basic Sometimes advice? Sometimes you just you need to relate. Exactly. You know, and if you if you're ranting and raving, I'm I'm sorry, but when somebody's saying calm down, if I shut up right now and calm down, I've not got this bad energy out. I need mm-hmm. to get it out. And yeah. the only way you can do that is by releasing it and you will naturally calm down by yourself. But when somebody's like saying, hey, that in a sense lets you know you've lost control, like emotional overload, you feel like, okay, and it heightens it even more, heightens it even more. So, you know, to me, it's, it's about having this awareness and saying, look, do you want me here? Can, can, can we, do you want to talk or do you just want me to leave you for a few minutes, you know, and come back? But we have to have this understanding of certain phrases, certain words like to me hi how are you we need to stop saying that if you're not going to stand in front of the person and listen to their reply when you're walking down the street and you say hi how are you and that person's about to reply to you and you're still walking on means you don't give a damn if that person's having a bad day they clearly know you don't care that can affect them that really can have an you know really have an emotional effect and it's better to just say hi you know, that hi means the world because somebody's noticed you. But as soon as somebody says, hi, how are you? But they're not actually standing there to hear you. And then that, you have that immediate reaction and go, oh, I'm good. How about you? Yeah. Or, you know, doing this as well as I can. And it's not genuine. It's all bullshit. Oh, they you want know? you to lie. They want you to say, yeah, I'm fine. And, you know, they want you to shout it because they're already 10 miles away from you. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just crazy. And... Yeah, and, and so I, I've, I've wrote a few pieces about stuff like that because I, I just sort of think if I'm thinking something, others, others probably are too. And so I, I feel it's a release to sort of get that out there and sort of let it be known, look, you know, I don't, I don't appreciate this. Yeah, are you in a mind space to maybe read one of those pieces? Yeah, and I was gonna say, um, yeah, I was gonna say, if if you don't mind, I would love for you to hear the, um, I would love to hear the piece, and then after that, I have, I do have somebody on the queue, so I want to make sure I give somebody room to, um, say okay, something yeah. as well. So, um, but please, I love to hear the piece. Well, so I'm there's gonna a request. read a different piece, and the reason though that I'm reading reading this piece is this piece to me, I wrote when I was in a bad place. Well, I love this piece now because I'm still not in the great place. But if I hadn't have wrote this piece, I wouldn't have realized I moved on. And and this is the thing. Sometimes you can be in a dark space, but you're not fully aware that you are moving forward because things don't get bright fast. 
And so to me, this is why I, I like to write my feelings down. It's not really, really dark, but for me, it has meaning because I know where it's going. So I'll read this piece. <clears throat> I don't do tiles. <clears throat> I breathe in and out, in and out. I wonder why I try, try to keep me alive. Why do I want to survive when I feel nothing? I'm just numb, not felt happiness in such a long time. I often wonder, could I ever be happy? Is that for me? Perhaps I'm meant to feel down, lost in my own insecurities. Perhaps I'm meant to drown in this waterless sea that surrounds me. Why do I breathe? take in life when it just fucking dies within me i sometimes think damn why do i think this but sometimes i think if i was to go in my sleep that could be something to feel happy to release no fighting for breath no pain or emotion no numbness left i would be gone, gone, with no trace left. God damn. Wow. Wow. Yeah. The performance, the words, the feeling, holy yeah. shit. You can feel that, that, that emotion through the, your bones. Oh. Like, this piece is personal to me because I really didn't feel like I wanted to be here. And neither I read that. And I'm not don't get me wrong, my life still ain't, it ain't great, but I'm not in that position. And this is why I just like, you know, to me, it's, it's really important to write things down because sometimes your world can be black, but sometimes it can be a little bit gray, but it still feels black. But if you go back and revisit, you can actually think, okay, I've moved on. I'm not in that space because light doesn't just happen. And, and so we need to acknowledge those little footsteps that we make. You know, one little tiny footstep forward is, is amazing. And sometimes we don't praise ourselves enough. Don't, you know, we don't recognize. But I just want to say thank you to you all for having me on. And Absolutely. thank you for this platform because it's really needed. And, yes. you know, thank I should you. be asleep right now. But yeah, I tuned in and I requested because... I think this is beautiful. So thank you. Well, thank you thank for you, so much. You're so always welcome. You. Like, like I think I speak for everyone here too. Again, you know, I'll keep repeating myself all damn night about this. Is we are so proud of you, and we are so glad yes. that you are still here, and that you that you you know jumped. In. You are amazing, really and yes. truly amazing. Thank you, and and so is everybody. And this is the thing: everybody is amazing. Everybody is fucking amazing. And if you can't see it, that's okay. But you will keep persevering and, and, and all of a sudden you will, you know, but just please people understand that, you know, life isn't perfect. Life ain't always pretty. But when you keep keeping here, eventually you might you, you might just get that some light, some bright and be like, okay, damn, you know? And yeah, so I'm sending love to everybody, and as I say, 
I really appreciate you for having me, you know, having me and, and letting me share my piece with you. Thank, thank you, you for just, yeah. Oh my God. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. All thank right. You. Well, I should go so you can add the next person, but thank hopefully so I will be back again as my name states because that's why it's there. I keep coming Thank back. You. you can't get rid of me. <laughs> Trust hey, me, we man. don't want to. <laughs> All right. Much oh, love. Thank man. you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. Whew. Wow. What a... Wow. Uh, All right. What's going on here? Okay. Also, just so, like, everybody's, like, aware of this ahead of time, for some reason, my chat paused for me on my iPad. So if any messages are ever directed at me when I'm saying anything, I have no idea if it's there or not. I have no fucking clue. So somebody could just let me know at any point because for some reason I'm still stuck on messages from like 15 minutes into the thing and I have no idea how to refresh it. So. Okay. <laughs> Brother, how are you, my friend? How's everything, man? Chilling, chilling. Um, I am... Um... I'm getting my um my PhD not from a school but um life, you no know, um life is like the greatest resume that you can have and um man this conversation that I walk in on, listen like I I just like yo like shots I'm like damn because you know um we validate each other's feelings right and I'm gonna do my best to not say I love or I hate this, but I understand that when you feel a way, it's valid because it's how you feel. Now, whether I view it as right or wrong, that's my prerogative. But I cannot tell you, yo, don't feel like killing yourself because I don't know what the fuck you've been through. I don't know what triggers you. I listen to not form a rebuttal, but to understand the essence of a person that life has created. Because none of us are who we were when we born, because we were innocent. The world stripped us and gave us so many new armors, so many different layers of skin. So now, as a people, not a fucking color, but as a people, we must understand what ails each other because when I, along with everybody else on here, leaves this live, we still have this. <laughs> we still have people that we can either strengthen or destroy by, okay, um, by us speaking about our personal issues we can stop screaming at our children. Now we can actually articulate to them why you shouldn't do this. And not, don't do that. Why? Because I said so. You're not teaching them anything. You are not teaching your child to not be like one of the children now in today's time who are socially awkward and don't know how to ask somebody a simple question without saying, excuse me, sir, excuse me, ma'am, may I or can I, they, they'll bump by you, don't say excuse me, and this is why this is our time. 
we really don't need um psychiatrists because you're like you're reading me something out of a curriculum you're not telling me something that you've been through i'm telling you what i've been through and you're sitting down writing down a word out of a thousand words i just said you are already forming a rebuttal on how i feel because you're everything i just said you're sitting there doing like this to sit down and jot one word now nah. and that is kind of a form of like writing people off now i'm gonna go back on my medication because they say yo you're always ramped up and you're always this and you're always that is because god gave me life god gave me something to be happy and proud about so what i do i get busy living I don't just sit down and just prep to die. I get busy living. I'm loud as fuck. I'm always doing something. I'm, I'm always doing art. Look. I'm always wow. busy. Always busy. Because if you're not adding on, you're subtracting. Because what moves mm. at a steady pace? Light. Nothing is steady. Energy is like th it curves. Okay, for anybody that knows, and pardon me because I'm about to go off subject like I normally do. Now, if anybody knows about the flower of life, Isaac Newton and Leonardo da Vinci got it wrong because they put lines in it. That is not how life is composed. Life is not like this. Whatever goes like this. It's called a direct current. Thomas Edison taught us this. Direct current kills things. Nikola Tesla created the alternating current. To alternate means to go here and there. You are alternating energy, conversation, whatever, and this distributes energy. So um, I'm going to go on medication for a little while just to prove that I'm like, yo, you are trying to kill a superhero because I'm not doing what you want me to do. So they, well, you know, here, calm down. So, like, you sit and be quiet and listen. I don't want to get along. I want to come and shake shit up to give people some new shit and some different shit to think about because we are all flowers of light. We're all different shades of beauty and ugly. It's all different shades. But if you didn't know ugliness, what would be beautiful? If you didn't know beauty, what would be ugly? Now, people hate the smell of shit, right? Doodoo stinks. But it cultivates stuff and it grows. Mmm. Hey, speaking facts, too. Wow. So, okay, so mm. which is it? They say, oh, this is ugly and this is this. But you can't have one without the other. If people don't die, then people can't live. Most people have this, this way about life. And they, oh, yeah, you know, um, I don't have no money. And, yeah, I'm chasing the bag. Okay, chase the bag, right? And then when you get it, you're too old to spend it. So now when you get the money, you want health. But then when you have health, you want money. So which is it? 
come on. Oh, you, you, <laughs> like, yo, we can't keep doing this. And like the and the worst part of it all is they are objectifying our kids. They're objectifying our kids and they're taking the youth from children because children don't even want to be kids no more. They want to be old. And then when they get old, they want to be young. But the whole time you was young, you was popping your ass, you was doing this, you didn't want to play sports, you didn't want to cheerlead, you, and now you're in your latter 30s, 40s, and don't know who you are, and now they're just playing tug of war with relativity. This is why Albert Einstein made up the theory of relativity. It, it's all relative. All of it is relative. Everything is interconnected. Now, this is what I try to show people. It's three stages to life. There's dependence, there's independence, then there's interdependence, right? Dependence is when you depend on somebody for the know-how or whatever. Then they give it to you. You do not become independent and live on an island. You become interdependent and you filter the knowledge around. You teach other people. Man, age don't know shit, man. Living does, man. For the last two years, I started a clothing line. It failed. Um, My art career, it failed. But how the fuck am I going to succeed massively if I'm not willing to say, man, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's do it with no fucking money. Listen, we're going to start a fucking clothing line out of old ass clothes in my closet. In my closet, fuck it, let's do it. I don't know, nobody bought it. Oh, but I like your designs. Okay, so now I get feedback. So now I get to. This is not a given. God allows me tomorrow to start my dream again. I get to do this. This, like, this shit ain't no fucking given we're gonna have no fucking open mic next week. I might fucking die tonight. We get to do these things and the gift that we can give each other is appreciation. I'm gonna stop there. Oh, matter of fact, hold on. I got a poem. Um, It's written on like three different things so like, y'all gotta... <laughs> Y'all gotta, you gotta be with me for a second. <laughs> That's okay. all good, my friend. Um, this is called faith in action, cause faith without action is just merely a hope. So it goes. What I feel is the Glock. Emotions gazed in and locked. Jury paint a pretty picture for an ugly history. My short fuse on a lock. My ancestral lineages lived and died here on a block. My mama did 40 years, a matrix slave to a clock. Getting ticked every time racism is juxtaposed like a talk. With a gun to my head, I rejoice with a pop. This is factual, like an apple snapple with a forbidden bite resting at the top. Reverse racism. Hello, hater. I'm addressing you now. I'm done waiting for later. 
Keep giving false hope, but putting nothing on paper. The courtroom is a gun with loaded niggas in this chamber. I'm past this being called anger. Good kid turned banger. Held down like anchors. I made the set proud, nigga. Blooding for the people. Not high rankers. Banging guns. The same time that I love Power Rangers. We are the hood heroes. Lost souls and zeros. We praise Al Pacino and Scarface. The alternative Robert De Niro. Because I blew hard on my cars like a casino. What thing? Me know now. My kids, my sequel, my dad, my prequel. Being black, nothing's equal, but our black love equal to Rico. Blacks, black people are diamonds. This is our people, you're broke and I see you. No shame, this I leave you. We are woke, no more sheeple. Oh, excuse me, I gotta dump these ashes off this folder because I need this. My heart is a crown, I'm regal. The truth is history, it's illegal. Yahshua skywalks this earth, I need you. Absalom got lost in his own image, it's evil. Poem. Woof. Wow. Mmm. Yo, I we, think you caught me on fire with that one. I'm just going to say. <laughs> Come on, oh Andy. God. Andy, you already know the, the type of stuff we be talking about. <laughs> yep. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm like, <laughs> Dude. <laughs> ain't no coincidence, man. God knows nah, what he's no. doing right now, man. Nah, man. God, yo, God doesn't make mistakes. Just sometimes he takes a knee and just he allow us play action, man. No, no huddle, go play. Yo, some see like the best way to see the game of life, which is chess, is sometimes watch two other people play, and you gotta sit down and like you wanna say yo, you wanna talk so bad. But this is the part about listening to form a rebuttal because people be wanting to talk like, and you got to be like, I'm not going to say it. Mm. And then, and sometimes people don't need you to say something. Sometimes they just need you to understand, love them, and listen. Just like, just like the sister said, sometimes you should ask a person, well, do you need advice or would you like me to comment on that? Because I have a little bit of insight on that. And you leave it at the person who's going through the traumatic experience, whatever the case, you leave it on them to be like, man, you know what? Yes. Because right now I need help. You know, like um me and my um ex-wife got divorced, so now she goes out every weekend to go see her boyfriend. In which I really don't like it because you're leaving my kids here because sometime I be in New York. So now if I wasn't down here, she would have left my kids here with her mother. Her mother has dementia etc so 
like that's not safe but at the same time sometimes it's better you know, you know what desires are there desires are there but what's going on here because she's here she's always on her phone and i'm usually the one that's doing the child rearing but then you drag me on social media i don't do it back to you because i never want my kids to grow up and see the heinous shit i said about their mom in a post or anything like that so mm. i take it i keep it close to the vest and i arm myself with knowledge because I'm a man, so now I know how to raise my daughters. Baby, listen, when you're going through this, you know, you sit and you deal with the heart of the situation. Some, yo, sometimes you could just let it go, but never more than a night. I don't go to sleep mad. I'm too happy for that shit. Man, listen, my smile is too beautiful to frown. I'm not doing that, man. God bless me, man. And, you know, I'm going to give these blessings in abundance by just understand my fellow neighbor. I must. And with that, I just say thank you for letting me speak and um, letting me share my poetry. Thank you. I love the space. I'm going to be in the comments. I'm here with y'all. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Oh, my Thank you for God. coming. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> All right. Yeah, word. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. All right. So before I have two more people, and then I'm gonna close the queue. But before I bring the two people, um, Dalton, um, my bad. What are your thoughts? So he mentioned something kind of specific that I've seen a lot of lately that I wanted to bring attention to is. You know, we mentioned these these young kids who want to grow up or who are forced to grow up, and then when they're adults, they don't know how to act and they want to be young again. Um, and I think that's a, a huge portion of what's wrong with where we're at as a whole today is on one end, kids are being put in situations where they're unfortunately forced to grow up, and, you know, that leads to that disconnect that causes, you know, a lot of mental problems, a lot of disorders and, you know, things like depression, anxiety. Um, but the other end of things is I've been seeing a lot lately because these last like two weeks, I've been spending a lot of time, you know, listening to podcasts and watching stuff on YouTube while I do my work. And uh, I've, I've been learning a lot. And this kid I came across is... It, it breaks my heart to see, right? Because this kid is going to grow up to be exactly that. He's going to be someone who's very hateful, very disrespectful, and he's going to tear a lot of people down on his way up. Um, and it, it's a matter of the wrong kind of support. You know, this kid couldn't have been more than like seven to nine. And, you know, all, all the adults in the room are recording them and they're laughing and they're like, oh, yo, you know, spit those rhymes and then he starts rapping like now mind you like i said he's a seven-year-old or eight-year-old or nine-year-old but he's a kid couldn't be double digits by any means and he's talking about fucking bitches and getting money and this and that and all these adults grown-ass adults grown men and women are standing around this kid recording him and laughing 
and talking about how funny it is that he's like that. <clears throat> now, don't get me wrong. Being able to articulate like that at such a young age, this kid could be a prodigy, absolutely. But he's getting the wrong kind of support, so he's being forced to grow into something that he doesn't need to be, and that's robbing him of his childhood. You know, so that that's the other end of things is getting the wrong kind of support having someone feed into things that are negative for you, you know, being enablers, that stuff's going to tear kids apart. And like I said, then they grow up, they're hateful and disrespectful and they just have no care for anything. And that's, uh, it's the exact opposite of what we're trying to do here as a community is we're trying to figure out how do we bring as many people together, you know, broken people, whole people, anything we can do to bring everyone around and then I see stuff like this, and it just, like I said, it breaks my heart, especially with children, because our priority as the adults of this nation are to protect the next generation and guide them in the right direction, and we are just not. Mm. And that's why I'm really big on, because we have a... Oh my God, how old are they? Seven and five. We have a seven-year-old. I am a very tired parent. We have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old. And one of the biggest things that I already teach them is accountability. You know, it's, it's very important because I don't care who ate the last damn cookie. All I know is that one of you is lying to me. It's probably Dalton anyway. <laughs> but all I know is that someone is lying to me. And I made them... And, like, I try to explain it in a way that a seven- and a five-year-old could understand. And they do understand a lot more now. So they are very slowly getting out of the petty, you know, I didn't do this, oh, he did this. And they're, they're slowly learning. But I did teach a lot of accountability for them because I've seen people, what they look like as adults when they grow up without accountability, never having been told, you know, you made a mistake, it's okay, but you need, but let's, let's work on it, you know? And, and it was another thing that, that he had said too, um, that I don't exactly remember what exactly he said, but there were two thoughts that I had is a lot of times, how many times do you hear someone say, Oh, you changed? No, I grew. I grew from the person I used to Goddamn be. Goddamn right. Because I used to be a terrible person. I was an alcoholic. I was on pills. I had no idea about my own, uh, you know, diagnoses. I it, it goes along the lines of hurt people hurt people. And I was very hurt as a teenager. Mm. And I get it all the time. Oh, you're changed. Oh, you're pretending to be. I'm not pretending to be anything. Mm. I am trying to be better than the 18-year-old girl who was so scared of men that they tried to fuck every woman on campus and anything that moved. I'm trying to be better than the person who lived in her car who had no idea the worth that she had. Now, as an adult, I'm trying to teach my children that there is a place for you in this earth. You can make mistakes. Everyone fucks up. It's okay to fuck up. The only thing you can do is do better from this point forward. Acknowledge it, make your amends, let it go. There's nothing else you can do to change what you've done. And the other thought that I had too, because uh, he spoke about therapy. I am in therapy. I have a psychiatrist uh, because I have 
very deep trauma that I am still unpacking from when I was a child to uh, an adult. And I think I, I'm just very lucky that I finally found a therapist that isn't like the textbook throwing the stuff at me. We actually have conversations. I know actually a good bit about his life and his experiences growing up and we relate to each other in a way. So it's less of a therapy like, you know, how does that make you feel? And more of, I understand that because I've seen where you've come from. I've seen your files. I've seen all of this. And this is what I've been through. So I understand to this extent. And he helps me realize things from like, you know, different viewpoints that I never thought to even consider at the time. And he's not sitting there going, you know, you need to feel this. It's let's take what you're feeling. Make sure that you understand that this is what you're feeling. And here's how we can maybe see from a different perspective. You may think this person's being a bitch. Maybe they're just feeling something that you're not seeing. Maybe just try to think of what they're going through because yes, you are struggling, but they're right there with you struggling, you know? So I think therapy is really important. And I think one of the bigger things, and it's something that's come up a lot for me in my personal life. I mean, I've talked to Andy about this. I've talked to my friend Eddie about this. I talked to my partner about this. PTSD sucks, especially when you are a child who was forced to grow up. I have been in survival mode since probably the day I was born, and my survival mode didn't stop until, well, like a month ago. What do you do when you finally get out of, I am just living to survive, and you finally get to, I survived? Your body shuts down. Your mind doesn't know how to handle the constant anxiety, the constant uh, adrenaline. You don't know what to do. No one taught us how to survive our past, how to survive everything that we've been through, how to survive just being alive. No one taught us that. I mean, for fuck's sake, I didn't even know about checkbooks until like last year. And I see my mom balancing her checkbook. and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? No one taught us how to live. No one taught us how to be grownups. No one taught us how to have competency and conversations and empathy for fuck's sake. No one taught us this. We had to figure this out on our own. We had to figure out how to be human beings who are understanding. No one taught us how to have a conversation because we didn't know. No one, at least people who came from these, these backgrounds, I envy people who grew up in a place where they're like, yeah, I can just tell my parents anything. And I'm like, what was that like growing up? Because no, I'm only just now me. telling my parents some things, you know, not my parents me. some of the things. What? That's it's insane. Hard. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I'm going to bring one person in now. There's only, cause I, I closed the queue. So it's Hyro and then um, Tiara Nicole. Um, I know Hyro has to leave in a few, but I want to make sure he gets to come in. But as I bring in him, I do want to say this. I hate when I try to explain something to somebody, and I hate when the response is, okay, but, okay, but, okay, but. That means you're not respecting me, and I respect my fucking boundaries, so go fuck yourself. That's how I feel. Like, really? You're supposed to be my friend, but yet everything is okay, but, okay, but, okay, but. Bah, 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 bah. Why is everything? Oh, you can't just say okay. I understand. You want to respect me, but okay, you want to be but... devil's advocate all the time. <laughs> yeah, that shit. Piss, yo, that shit pisses me the fuck off. I'm, I'm. I had a couple people off this year because of that. Okay, you don't want to respect my boundaries. You don't want to respect how I feel. You don't want to respect how I see life. And the worst part is when you, your man is God, and we're both people of God, and we act that way. It's, it's disgusting. 
that's even worse because we're supposed to be accountable for each other and you're doing that whole okay but okay but okay i'm cutting you off and i i don't even have to think twice about it anymore because i'm tired of being the nice guy i'm tired to pretend like oh, okay i forget yeah, i forgive you but it doesn't matter i fuck with you anymore and that's just what i gotta say about that um hyro um yeah, it's a concept of you wish them well in life, but you don't want them sitting at your table. That's all it is. Exactly. Uh, Hyro, it's been so long, man. Um, how you feeling, bro? What, what are your thoughts, man? I'm, I'm feeling good, man. It's. Uh, can you guys hear me good? Yes. Uh, how are you? Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I've, I've been listening to, uh, to all this, to all the, you know, all the comments and. Uh, Everything that, that you guys have been saying—it's—it's it's really interesting. I actually work as a uh, as a youth developer for, uh, um, you know, for the for the jail here in 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 Utah County. I'm in the state of Utah, and um, and I see I see literally like you know specifically what what this young lady here was saying uh, uh, with in regards to like PTSD, uh, all the deep trauma, all all the psychi psychiatric like help that they, that that's given. You, you name me, I, I get to see it hands-on as a youth developer, and, and let me tell you, uh, the, the, the incompetent shadow that is enveloped in, in, in the justice system, specifically for the youth, is, is it's so, you know, so dark. It's so spread out like a disease. It's, 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 it's gotten to a point that parents are are fully giving up on even trying on even trying to say no to their kids and it's and it's 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 insane to me insane to me i i myself have a three-year-old son and and imagine i have to you know practice to say no to those beautiful you know i said i'm like oh no <laughs> i am i am condemned <laughs> but at the same time i feel like you know, specifically with with this time of of year, uh, with some of these these kids and some of especially some of adults too, uh, they're that that depression that that shows up, that depression that hits even harder. You know, because I myself was diagnosed with with depression, uh, anxiety, PTSD, and all that fun stuff, and and all the things that show up even harder. Like I said. They, they're, they're those reminders, you know, that the, they want to, uh, you know, try to remind the, you know, these, these adults and, uh, and these kids to, you know, to show them that they're unworthy of, of themselves. You know, it's not just unworthy of, of the love that, that they desire, that deserve of all the good things that they deserve, but they're unworthy of themselves. And that simple, that simple thought when, when it shows up, they have no idea or they get to a point that they have no clue how to choose themselves instead of saying well hey like uh maybe this, this you know this is right maybe i am worthy of this and it's because they've you know like i said they the justice system the parents their past it, it, they haven't told them they, they haven't showed uh, them that potential that they carry which is amazing and that's what I tried to do with with my kids in in the in the jail. I tried to show them through you know through poetry, through art, that their potential is limitless. 
you know, that their potential knows no bounds and, and that they can do it. If, if I myself was able to, to get off drugs, to get off, you know, the streets, to get off, you know, stop fighting people, you, know, you name it. If I, could, if I could do it, if I can do it, so can they, you know. So there's always, there's always that chance that they have to give themselves in order to be able to say, my potential is greater than what I see in the mirror every single day, you know. So. I, I love that. I absolutely love that you do that for those kids, man. That's beautiful. You know, I, I think that it's really, I think it's unfortunate that they have to find that in the situation that they're in. You know, it shouldn't be that they have to find that kind of figure in their life when they're already locked up. You know, because then, you know, what is, I don't even know what the recidivism rate is for, you know, kids in juvenile detention at this point in the country, but I can't imagine it's, you know, very low, but, um, you know, that's something that I've always thought about a lot is that people need to be more involved in children's lives. And one thing that I've always advocated for really heavily is, you know, the whole saying, it takes a village to raise a kid. Because it doesn't just take a parent. It doesn't just take two, a mom and a dad. Some people say all kids they need is just a mom and a dad, but that's not true. You know, they need more than that, which is why I've always been a huge advocate for social services, you know, you know, in schools and outside of schools for kids so that parents can also do what they have to do, but they can also, you know, be there for their kids. Because the more that we have to help these kids and be there for them and take care of them and educate them and, you know, teach them about art and life and anything else that they need, how to process emotions, how to deal with growing up, you know, it, it, it gives drastically better outcomes for these children. And a lot of these children, they don't, they don't have that. They don't really have a chance, you know, like at all. And it's killing, it's killing it. You know, it's just, it's, it's sad to see, you know. And even you saying that, bro, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you saying that just like blows it out of proportion even more because the, this kid that I had today, he, he literally, they were doing, um, in, in one of their classes, they were doing the figurines to be able to put it as ornaments in, in the tree, right? And, and this kid comes from like literally like, uh, you know, fortunately he comes from a wealthy background, but he's adopted and, and he, he got, um, arrested because of certain dumb theories, you know, whatever. And, and he literally, what, what he does, he goes with ornament. Hey, he's like, Hey, Jay. Well, I go by Jay in the jail, but my name is Jairo. I'm originally from Madrid, Spain. That's why my name is weird. Um, and he like literally shows me his ornament and the dude has literally created a full-on still life of a vase and three roses, purple roses, out of literally the clay that dries up really fast for, you know, to make his ornament. I'm telling you, this kid has not had any training whatsoever in, in, in crafts. He has yep. not had any training in art. He's 16 and has created a full-on size, an ornament this big of, of, of a still life that are, are, somebody like our people our age that have gone through art school would have created, you know, out of out of the years of training. And and it just it just blows me away how the parents, his parents, are sitting at home, literally like drunk off their ass or high as as, as fuck. And this kid is sitting in a jail cell, 
with one of the greatest gifts for like for sculpting that I've ever seen in my entire life. And that's got to be the most depressing part of it, right? Because, you know, kids especially, you know, the younger the better for it, obviously, but creativity flows in such boundless energies, right? So it's super depressing to see these cases Mm. because I, like, for me personally, I want my kids to wake up every day and... I, I don't want them to have to look in the mirror to do the whole affirmation thing. I, I don't want that. If they get to the point where they have to look themselves in the mirror and say, you are worth it, then I'm failing them as a parent because they should just wake up and know, like, I've got the world at my fingertips. All I have to do is apply myself. All I have to do is put myself out there and everything I need will come my way. They need to know that from the start. And then parents like that, fail their children every day by letting them pass up mm-hmm. well that's why we like uh our our oldest is a little goofy he's 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 a silly boy he loves to sing at very inopportune times and as a parent when you've heard him sing and i as a parent you don't realize what they're listening to all the time he started singing rebel yell by billy idol because i played all the time so my favorite songs from when i was a kid and now he's like oh put it on put on the rebel song mommy and he will scream sing this song so loud while he's sitting on the toilet while he's playing with his toys and it's one of those moments where it's like oh my god my brain is gonna melt however the only time i tell him not to do that is when he's supposed to be going to sleep i will not tell him while we're in the car like hey buddy could you please you know i just let him do it i don't care if i've heard it 40 times today i don't care if my ears are melting because he's seven years old he's not you know but you know and and my other one he he loves play-doh and I come from a family where, and it's weird seeing my mom be so okay with it now as an adult with mess, because when we were kids, it was like, you can't make a mess like that unless you're in a designated mess space. And it's like, well, where is that outside under the deck in the mud? Cool. I can't bring my paint down there, you know, but until we got much older, but you know, he loves playing like things that are like, like with his hands, he has to be doing play and I see him make things and it makes no sense to me but as someone who grew up like that it was so hard for me to even consider the idea of him doing that in our home because as a parent i'm thinking you know oh my god he's going to get that in the carpet he's going to get that in here he's going to do this you know but i just got him a fuckload of play-doh and a play-doh set for christmas to use here not at my mother's house at our house i got him a silicone mat to play with wherever he wants to play with it you know, and it's, it's relearning things from when we were kids, you know, because it's one of the points I just wrote down, because that's what we're doing here is I'm writing down thoughts before I leave, lose them. Don't mind the penis that I drew. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Classic middle school. Yeah. I said do do. And I started hysterical laughing. I can't help it, but it's the concept of they expect us to act like adults but they never showed us what that looks like because Mm -hmm. I recognize now that my mother was healing from shit that she never even told me about. I don't know what she went through, but she's healing from shit that I don't know about. And that's her journey. We're good. Now we have a relationship now and she's great with my children, you know, and it's, 
you want your kids to succeed so badly, but there's also a line that you have to draw for yourself as a parent or someone who is a guardian of children or a teacher or whatever. You can want the world for your children. You can give them everything in the world. But there's a line to draw between wanting your children to live for you and your dreams of what you wanted from them because of what you wanted as a kid. You can't live vicariously through your children. They are their own people. They have their own lives, their own thoughts, their own opinions. And yeah, you're going to butt heads. I butt heads with my five-year-old every five minutes over extra snacks. He's got a lot of opinions, that one. But I let them yell at me sometimes. I let them, you know, stomp their little feet up the stairs and roll their eyes at me because they're seven and five. They don't know how to, you know, control their emotions yet. Hey, so I find myself go. I find myself for that extra snack too. You know, my fat ass needs it too. <laughs> Blame them, but it's like, come on, buddy. It's, it's six o'clock. You've yeah. had three bowls of Doritos. I can't do it anymore. <laughs> Word for real. Oh man, I'm gonna leave you. I'm gonna leave you with this thought because I have to. I have to go and call my son. Um, I'm, I'm gonna leave you with this thought. Is in 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 regards to what you were saying, specifically, young man. Is, is 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 brilliant because this thought came to me uh, very powerful uh powerfully like last night and to to me when when i see myself understanding like when i see myself seeing like my freedom to choose to choose everything that i do in this life everything that i do every day when i see that freedom that that, that i have as, as an adult uh and then I choose, obviously I choose to fuck up. I, that's when I'm like, oh, first I don't understand freedom because I'm like, oh damn, all right. So then I come to the point of, okay, so I have this powerful tool that is freedom to choose, right? That that that, that freedom to, to say or do whatever that, that has the consequences and the outcomes, you name it. But then here's the thing, what about our kids? Our kids are curious. Our kids are curious. That curiosity that killed the cat. Are we teaching our kids to understand the difference between freedom to choose and curiosity? Mm. Where is where is that? Right? Come on. And so that mm. that right there, that thought, that type of thinking is what hit me so hard as to understand some of the parents in the jail, uh, the kids in the jail, and saying like so they're they're literally like teaching these kids to, okay, go go be curious because you're gonna get your ass killed like the cat. So yeah, go for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So it's like, oh, great. So you're teaching him to be a fucking dumbass and be like, hey, I'm gonna be the cat and I'm gonna die and I'm gonna take all the nine lives with me. So go go you, parent. You know what I mean? And yeah. so that that hit me hard. So I'm gonna leave you with that thought. Much love, peace. Yo, love you, brother. It's good to see you, man. Thank you, brother. Good to see you again, brother. Oh, Thanks my God. Wow. <laughs> and yeah, that's why it's so, so important. I... Oh, sorry. No, no, I was gonna, I'm going to bring in the last person. But go ahead, Flores. Um, say yeah. what you're going to say. But that's why it's so important to let your children make, you know, decisions in their little, like the little things that they get to make decisions in from a really young age, because it makes them feel like they have more control over their own lives and their own, you know, 
because like as a kid like what control do you have you have none you know your parents pick out your clothes your parents pick out your food your dinners your this which is why we let you know not really let we, we we give our children the opportunity to make those decisions you know something as simple as do you want to dye your hair you know okay well we're not going to use bleach because that is dangerous for your hair i've burnt my hair off too many times so i'm not going to do that on you because it's dangerous for you but you can pick whatever color from this box of stuff that's going to wash out but you have to be aware of the you know of what comes next with it so here's your options here's what you have do whatever you want with that i'm going to help you though you know it's you have to give them the opportunity to make decisions or they're never going to be able to make a decision later in life. They're going to be so stunted by it. And if you prepare them for the curiosity moments, it's going to be better for them because they already know what the outcome of that curiosity will do. So they have the chance to make that decision of, do I want to risk these consequences that I know will happen from this decision or do I just continue on as I've been doing? It's giving them the information to be completely connected and know what happens, which is why consequences are really important to teach. And I'm not talking about hitting your kids because that's bullshit. I don't, I can't, I don't, I don't believe in that shit, you know, but give them real life consequences, you know, in a child way, you know, okay, if you're lying about this, well, you know, you're not going to get this for a set amount of time because that is a punishment. You know, you can't have this if you're going to continue lying to us. You know, but we also teach that what's in our child's room is theirs. It is their stuff. Doesn't matter if we bought it. It is their property. They have chances to lose that property if they are going to disrespect it. But we, it's their stuff, you know? That's different. As they get older, they buy something for their own room. That's yours. I can't touch it if you bought it. If you bought it with your money, that is completely yours, 100%. Gifts, specific gifts are the same way. It's yours. I'm not going to take it back because it's your gift, depending on what the, if it's like a, like a $500 like TV thing, that's different because, you know, I, there are certain consequences with those. But things that they really like, that's theirs. I hated when my parents would take away the things that meant the most. They would, they duct tape my bookshelf to the wall one time. I wasn't much of a TV what? kid. They duct taped my bookshelf backwards to the wall. And all that did was what? teach me that I could cut a hole in my mattress to hide books under. Can confirm that's because we not talk about it. Wow. You know, you know what's Give them the opportunities. Oh. I, will say, I will say that's, that's a really elaborate punishment. I never heard of no parent... <laughs> Duct taping no damn bookshelf to a fucking wow. wall. That is dude, that Yo. Is, I've never heard of that before. Damn. Yo, you know what my father <laughs> used to do? You know what my dad used to do whenever I got punished? He would take everything out the bedroom and all I had was the mattress. He said, you sleeping on this shit tonight. No toys or nothing. Even the TV, he took that shit out of the fucking bedroom my, my, into his bedroom. My parents were uh, were a uh, you just lost door privileges family. So. You know? Oh, and then, yeah, and then, yo, and then he'll say, oh, you don't leave your room unless you're going to use the bathroom. Yeah. Oh. He, so, he would sometimes lock my sister in the damn room. Yeah, that's see, how crazy I that was. Kid, we had, like, the real big, heavy TVs, so my dad, he didn't feel like carrying him up and down the steps. He got so mad at us, right? He ripped the cable out of the fucking wall and left it dangling on the side of the house. He didn't give a fuck. Oh, my God. Uh, Damn, Miss oh Nicole, talk to us. What's come on? Give me your thoughts. 
Oh man, so my punishment was since, since we didn't have smartphones back then, I loved the radio. He unplugged the whole radio stereo everything for a whole week. <laughs> wow. That was so cruel. So no music? What? Yeah, that's oh the worst. You have no music, no nothing. One time, yo, he had to buy a new TV. He said, no, just to make, because it was, I had one of those TVs, that CRT TVs that you don't, you don't get to unplug the wire. It's attached to the TV. So he will cut yeah. the fucking wire. See, Ooh. but he contradicted himself. He contradicted himself because, but you know what's crazy? He contradicted himself to the fact that he had no choice but to buy a new TV. That's so he fucked himself over anyway. That's what that is. Yeah, and then oh, he ended up buying a TV that you could detach the wires. So I had a spare one, right? So when he said, okay, whatever, I don't care. I had a spare one. And then when he found that one, he whooped my ass with the spare one. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, my about 1950s Puerto Rican? That guy was 1950s Puerto Rican. He did not give a fuck. Yeah, that, like, I, I thought the bookshelf was bad. Like, the worst was, like, my mom would cut my hair. Like, she actively shaved the, like, in, like, weird spots, too. Like, it would never be even. She'd just shave upwards. That's and like, I like traumatic hair. Like, think of if... Uh, Eric Foreman and Junie B. Jones had a really weird, like, frizzy-haired baby. That's what I looked like my entire life growing up because my mom would just, you know, and it's like, it doesn't matter if I was telling the truth or not because, like, me and my brother, we blackmail each other, we covered for each other. Damn. But she would just, like, grab my hair like this and then cut, and I'm like, what are you, she would just, like, and, like, I have pictures of it, too, but, like, like all that shit happened, all the other stuff happened. That's that's cool. Uh, what sucked was the bookshelf. That was the worst for me. Like, what fucking parent Love. takes the bookshelf, shoves it up that's... against the wall, and duct tapes it backwards to the wall? That's my favorite punishment I think I've ever heard ever in my life. Yeah, bookshelf. I liked my books. I wish I wish my parents would give me would have given me like elaborate punishments. I mean, so like. I didn't, my parents got divorced when I was nine. So I lived with my mom and my stepdad. My stepdad didn't really punish us. Mostly my mom would do that. But I never really got in trouble a lot because I was an angel. I didn't really do anything else perfect. <laughs> never did anything wrong. <laughs> but my, when my, so I, I, I used to fight a lot when I was a kid. I used to love to fight and just get in trouble. And just, I started doing martial arts at a young age. And I was just really, really rowdy. And my mom knew that I was a tough kid. So my mom would just throw hands. Like, I'm not even joking. She would just straight up be like, all right, we're fighting. And I'd be like, oh, wait a minute, what? <laughs> well, it's great. Like, time... you heard it the other day. My mom was talking about when me and my brother were kids, because me and my brother hated each other, and I still don't talk to him. Uh, we both went to karate. I was I was a uh, made it to black belt well before he, because I don't even think he ever got his black belt. But when we would get to, like, a certain point of fighting, she would make us go into the backyard and put on our gear and just whoop the shit out of each other. And that's when my mm. brother, because he, he was like six foot something. I was, I'm still very short. I'm five foot four. I was not a tall kid. And he would start running scared because we don't have our karate teacher there with us to stop it. My mom just walked away. She didn't even care to like watch. I could have done anything to him. And I had a lot of rage growing up. And he would start wow. running around the backyard. And, like, I was like, what? When, when, when was that a good idea? I mean, it was great. I got a good couple of hits in because he was pissing me off. <laughs> wow. Funny was creative. I'll give her that. She was creative. Between that and the tracker in my car, the woman had it. She was in I, – I love her now. I did not like her. We didn't get along well growing up. <laughs> Damn. That's something else, man.
Yeah. I think my mom. I think my mom used to threaten to throw hands. I don't think we ever actually threw hands. The one time I did tell her I fucking hate you, which is like the cardinal cardinal sin of like things you don't say to your fucking parents. Especially and, Hispanic culture, you don't I, say that. I was, I, was uh-uh. cooking, I was cooking something, and I was like, "Fuck you! I fucking hate you!" Which kidney punched me in the back, and I just like fell right to the ground. <laughs> and I was like, "Holy shit, mom! You hit fucking hard!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Wow. Yeah. Let's let Tierra speak her truth. Yes. <laughs> now I just really like love the conversation. Um, I love the fact that. We're all just on this journey to heal. Um, for me, growing up, I got bullied a lot in high, um, middle school, elementary school, middle school, high school. So it got to the point where I started to, you know, not value myself anymore. And so I would seek validation from others, um, being in toxic relationships and things like that, and it kind of just contributed to, you know, low self-esteem, suicidal ideologies, um, depression and anxiety and things like that because I didn't love myself. So I was seeking that from others, and, you know, I don't want to – who wants to talk to their parents when they're teenagers, you know? So I just Mm -hmm. (laughs) – But I didn't feel like they would understand, you know, so I would, you know, write things down and stuff, but still I was, I was hurting and, you know, I just sought like other unhealthy outlets. Like I started drinking and smoking at an early age and stuff like that because that was just my outlet at the time, you know, because I just, I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody. And so, you know, as I got older, um, it got to a point where it was, I think, a wake-up call for me was when I um, I got so, like, down that um, it would start take like, those behaviors would start, like, intercepting into, like, my personal life to where I started, you know, hurting those around me. Because, like you said, hurt people hurt people. And, like, at the job, I would um be over there just like hung over like out of my mind because I'm wow. still just trying to cope with the fact that like you know what the fuck like it got to a point where a wake up call was um when I passed out at the job and they had to take me to the hospital and um I was like dehydrated and things like that. I was I was throwing up a lot of stuff and that's when I realized, okay, Tierra, <laughs> this is unhealthy. Like, you have to find a better outlet for yourself. So I had to – I've always been a writer. My grandma taught me how to write, but I just had to tap back into that because that's the person I am when I don't write. I started seeking unhealthy outlets versus this poetry thing, you know. So poetry saved my life. Mm. It did. It, it saved my life because I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be the person I am today. I probably would have went through with those attempts um, to hurt myself, just all that. So the fact that, you know, I found community within this space, it just reassures me that, hey, like, you're not alone. 
you know, you have people, we might not have gone through the same hell, but we ha we have been through hell, like each of us. And so just, that's why this poetry community is so beautiful, because I can be my true authentic self. Like the things that I'm telling y'all, I would never tell my parents this shit. <laughs> Unless they watch this life, they would never uh, fucking know. I would take this to the grave. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. This is, yeah. So I I love you guys. I, I fucking love this poetry community. For real. I really do. Thank you. Oh, man. From a distance. From a distance. Oh, right. All the way from Bayonne to wherever. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. This is, wow. This was definitely, this has been an amazing live, guys. I have to say, um, I, I've learned so much in, in, in this live. And I, that's what I love about what we do, because I'm always learning from each and every one of you, right? Just because, I mean, because the majority of you, are, I'm old. I, I, like, I think I'm older than everybody here, but that shouldn't, like what the other brother said, age doesn't mean shit. Because I know 50-year-olds that still act like immature idiots at times and these people in mean, my age where they cannot act their age but what does that even look like right because it's like i know people who are parents but yet they think just because you take your kid to school that means you're responsible no responsibility is not just taking your kids to school it's like saying just because i i, I walk a dog doesn't mean i'm a dog walker no i'm just walking a dog that doesn't make me a walk a dog walker right in that aspect it's like no you have to understand that when you become a parent when you get married you have to give up some things, not giving up like, oh, my God, I don't have a life anymore. Give up some things as in you have to accept the fact that there's certain things you cannot do anymore because now it's not just about you. It's about the marriage. It's about the foundation that you and your significant other is building. And if you have kids involved, they have to come first. That's the reality of it, right? In this case, I'm the man of God. So it's God, my, my, my family, and then everything else is secondary. That's just the reality of it, right? And it's like... People like the idea of having these things, but they don't really understand the true responsibility or the essence of what it is to maintain that. Because anyone can have something, but to maintain it is a whole different thing. It's like saying, okay, you have a kid, right? Like it takes it, any person can make a child, but to raise one, to nourish one, to embrace one, it takes a real person to do that. And, and, and that's what I think it's sad with society today, like everybody wants, 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 but they don't want to embrace and understand and understand, understand. They just want it because, oh, it's cool to have it. But you don't know what the true essence is to have that. There's people who can't even have kids. You get what I'm saying? And, and, and they fight to even, and then even to adopt somebody, they don't just let you adopt like that. They go through a background check. Oh, um, are you in debt? Have you gotten out of debt? Like they, Every little detail they look for because they, they take that shit very seriously when it comes to adoption, you know? And, and it's like, you have to, like, even let's say if you're a bad person or whatever, and then you're, they give you the adoption or whatever, right? You would have to fool them in order for them to approve you for a child. What you do after that, then, okay, what happens next? You know, we, you know, it's a whole other situation there. And it's like, yeah, man, you know, and I think that's what it's come to. Everybody wants, wants, wants. Oh, could I have to have it? But no one really understands what it means to have those things. Yeah, and it's like, because uh, I've written this down on a little notepad earlier. It goes along the same lines as something I said in the, in the last slide, too, is 
a lot of people who are grown and want to be grown have no idea how to act grown. And that's mm-hmm. what the finer is, is because you could be an adult. Age doesn't mean shit if you're acting like a toddler, right? But I know people, like a great example is the, the kid we had living with us here. Uh, he's now a supervisor in one of the other departments where I work. Um, and I mean, this guy literally just turned 21 like two months ago. And I see him 100% as an equal because he's driven He's mature. He knows when to turn it on and when to turn it off. He's a man. You know what I mean? Like, he's, I see him as an equal because he comes to work, he does his shit, and he only fucks off when there's time to fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, he's a kid at heart. We're all, you know, childish and goofy when we got the opportunity. But I've met people twice his age, three times his age, who think they are the absolute shit and they know nothing. And it's Mm -hmm. incredible to see. I've met more 55-year-old individuals who act like utter children than younger <laughs> oh generation God. individuals who yeah. are mature. Like, yeah, and, so, and that, yeah. It's so, it's so aggravating. You know, I work, I work in a warehouse. I work in a factory, and it's a lot of older people that work in factories typically. Um, and a lot of the people that work where I work are like, we'll say, 40 and up. Okay. 40 is not that old, but a lot of the people there are like, a lot of them who are like 55 to 60 are, um, how do I say this lightly? Dicks? <laughs> um, like, they're just super immature. They're super like judgmental. They stare. They're racist. They're bigoted. You know, like, it's just, it's so unnecessary. We have one gentleman there who, um, you know, uses the F slur more than anybody I've ever heard in my entire life. You know, wow. and and I've heard from numerous people that he calls me the F slur because, you know, I'm, you know, I'm not a straight heterosexual, you know, I'm not a cisgender heterosexual male in the workspace. And I'm like one of the only ones there that doesn't identify as a cishet male, you know, like I don't I don't that's just not me. And I'm the odd man out. Mostly everybody there is really cool about it. But thankfully, nobody says anything to my face. Cause... I'll fight him. Yeah. Word. Yeah. You know, this is what we gonna do. We, you. This is what we gonna do. So you grab the legs. I grab the <laughs> arms, and then, and then Dalton will. I don't want to see them. No. No. I'll behind him, and you push. No, no. You get the feet. You're gonna be huffing them feet. All right. <laughs> oh no, dude! I did ballet. I did karate. I have seen enough feet in my life to last me an entire existence. Tell me about it. Oh. Don't you just love the Yo, people? Yo, you, you'd be like rotten friends. Karate. Like, I, I look at, like, like, my karate teacher was very big on uh, maintenance for yourself. Um, yes. Especially for the men, because I, <clears throat> I've gotten fucked up in my karate class, and the last thing you want is someone kicking you near the face because you let your guard down, and just one mm. crusty-ass toenail coming near your eye, cutting <laughs> your face. It's happened. It's happened. <laughs> It's Ugh. happened to me. It's happened to my ma- uh, call. I know it's it's a weird thing to say, but he was our master. <laughs> I say it in a different context, but he was our karate teacher. Stop it. <laughs> we are adults here. No, um, you got a fucking no, point. Hitting I, your feet I, I your head, face Someone shit. said do and I couldn't stop giggling. I'm sorry, but like you know, I, feet. I can't. I'm not a feet person. I just they just gross me out. I've seen too many. I've seen too many damn feet. I can't. 
I'll take the arms. I'll take the arms. That's fine. I'm like, what point do we get on this conversation about feet anyway? <laughs> oh, God. Talk about beating up bigots. <laughs> yeah. Touch yeah. no bigot feet? Ugh. Yeah, you might catch it. Whoa. Right. <laughs> God damn it, so, um, yeah. No, no. So we are reaching towards the end, but um, is there anything else you wanted to say, um, Tiara? Is there anything you want else you want to share with us? Um, I do have a piece I would like to share. Is that okay? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Do it. Do it. Uh, all right. Now I feel like it really just fits well into the conversation. It's called growth. <laughs> All right, here we go. Instead of giving me a lift, you broke me down. Kept me on a tight leash like I was your little bitch, which had me uber pissed. So God forbid, if I pass ever cross again and I just so happen to see you in these streets, I'm a Z trip right past you could see. You used your bare hands to strip me mentally and emotionally of my dignity to make me feel small. When all I ever did was love you and put you on a pedestal. But I've grown, and you were dead weight. So I cut you off because I know my worth now. So here I am, bearing it all, standing taller than the Statue of Liberty because I liberated myself from you, and I started choosing me. Because you were for the streets. And instead of raising Canaan, I'm raising my vibrations, tapping into my higher frequency, and I had to force myself to ghost the people that tried to take my power away from me, and I had to be a mess. Bring myself forward. Because I was tired of being put on the back burner, you made me feel like I had to extinguish the flame in my lantern and lower the temperature to my greatness because I was constantly shining a light on you while mine grew dimmer as I simmered, just to fit into your standards. You played me like a joker when really you were the fool. But through this growth, I found the spiritual utensils to allow me to keep my cool so that I wouldn't let those emotions boil over. And all that trauma that I had all wrapped up and stored for later, I'm starting to unpack it now so that they don't spoil my days as I move ahead in more positive ways. And I must say, it's been better for me. Because now I have a fresh new outlook on life. My days have been getting greater once I started changing my behavior. And there's more pep in my step and a glow in my skin and a brighter smile on my face as I exude this melanin. Now that's what I call growth. And I will never again allow someone to be the detonator for me to explode or shut me down so bad to where I start to implode or let them block my blessings or continue sealing off all my exes. This new me will never. See, once I started loving me, I started receiving the clarity I needed to spot the bullshit before it hit. So just call me a meteorologist. Because now I stay prepared. I'm ready for the rain. Because I forecasted that sunshine will always come my way. See, I am a cosmic being in this galaxy. And I refuse to hold the space for any more mental mind games. So again, I stand here today, bare, with stories to share. No longer ashamed, as I pour my heart out onto this page, taking center stage. Now that's what I call growth. And I will never, ever grant someone else the power to make me feel small again. Woo! Woo! Absolutely. Damn. Mm. Hey, we got to get oh. the work out there, man. That was a poetry gasm I saw you have it over there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am working on the shirt. Eventually, I'm working on the shirt, the poetry gasm <laughs> shirt. But yeah, that's definitely, oh my God. Beautiful. That meteorology line. Oh, oh yes. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my 
God. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, my God. Wow. That was the perfect one to just, like, wrap this up. Like, this conversation that we were having, like, just everybody just on the journey to grow. Absolutely. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to have you here and just to have a conversation. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. So before we end, I guess we might as well just give our last thoughts. Um, Any last thoughts, Tierra? And then we'll all go around and we'll just end it like that. Just be your true, authentic self and fuck what anybody else got to say about it. Hey. Amen. Boom. Say it. What about you, Darian? Um, love yourself, man. Take the time, take the energy to care about yourself and just do everything that you need to be a better person. You know, that's all. Be patient. Patience is key when learning to love yourself. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What about you, Florence? And then Dalton and I'll go last. That's always the same thing that I always say, man. It's, you know, you're not alone. There's always someone out there that is willing to listen. I think I speak for all of us when I say that any one of our DMs are open. Uh, you can vent, you can rant, whatever you got. I don't even have to know the situation. Always here. Always here to listen. If you want advice, I got you. If you don't, I got you. You know, just take care of yourself and take care of, and, and this is important too, take care of the people around you. Yes. Don't, don't be that person who's hurting inside and hurt someone else because we've already done it. We've, we've been there and it sucks. Just take care of everyone. Take care of yourself. Take care of your kids, your pets, your everything that you need. You know, and don't stop fighting. Don't stop expressing yourself. You know, you're only hurting yourself if you do. And you're doing the world a great disservice if you stop writing and doing what you love. Because True, we need come to on. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd have to say that, you know, you've got a lot of growing up to do. But you are still growing. You know, so stay humble. Focus on what's important to you and learn from it all. Wow. Amen. Uh, my final thoughts, just because you're a man does not mean you cannot be yourself, does not mean you cannot cry. Cry, yell, scream. If you have to embarrass yourself, fuck it. Embarrass yourself because um, I can't speak for everybody, but I can speak for myself and say I'm tired of putting on this fucking mask just because I'm a man. I, I, a Puerto Rican man at that. Like, I, I just hate that bullshit, you know? And um, I love the fact that this space was created for that very moment. Um, only one time I've cried on a live. <laughs> and that's when, the, that, that's when I was announcing that this show was going to be created. But that's another story for another day. But um, again, be yourself. Who cares what people think? And that's it. Um, no one has it worse than the other person. All it is is we're sharing each other. So we can learn from each other. And that's the way the fuck is supposed to be. And um, fuck those who says that they're better than us. Because no one's better than anybody. And that's all I got to say about that. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. This was so awesome, you guys. So therapeutic. I enjoyed the conversation. I truly did. 
Thank you for coming in. Yes, Yes, every other Friday. Yes. So this particular live is every other Friday. And then every other Thursday is the Ravel sessions with myself and Rosie Rica. So um, so I'll be be live next Thursday for Unravel sessions. That's me and Rosie Rica. And yes, every other Thursday and every other Friday. Um, So guys, everyone that came in and popped through, uh, that came out so wrong. But anyway... Um, thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, for um, tuning in, and we'll see you on Thursday. And-